Dear Prudence. 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 Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Daniel Mallory Ortberg, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. This week, my guest is Molly Pretty, a writer and editor living in Minnesota who likes Diet Coke, her dog, and talking about feelings. And now, here's our first letter. So we're going to upgrade, I think, from like a slightly low impact problem to a slightly higher impact problem. Higher impact. And the subject line is just um, heirloom engagement ring drama. Oh, yeah. And I agree with that assessment. Like This is a dramatic situation. Yes. Um, It didn't have to be, but it is. Dear Prudence, following the deaths of my grandmothers, my mother took possession of each one's engagement ring. They were similar, although one was more valuable than the other. After many, many years, my younger sister, long married, asked to have the less valuable one and suggested that our mother give the more valuable one to me. My mother said that she would give us the rings on the condition that if one of our two single then middle-aged brothers wanted one to give to a fiancé, the ring or rings would be relinquished. My sister and I readily agreed. I wore the ring with great joy for many years. Then one brother called to say that he was going to propose to a lovely woman, and he wanted my ring. He had called my sister first, but she suggested that he get mine because mine was bigger. (laughs) So just, you know, suck it the other brother, I guess. Right, (laughs) yeah. I agreed. I was very happy for him and a little sad to lose the ring. I had asked if he would take the diamonds and leave the setting, but no luck. I gave him the ring. His proposal was accepted and a wedding date was set. A few months beforehand, they called off the wedding. The ring was returned to him, but the two stayed living together. After a suitable period of time from the wedding's cancellation, I asked for the ring back. My brother replied that he still hoped to marry this lovely woman. I begged him to at least put it in a safe deposit box. To my knowledge, he has not. Wearing that ring connected me to my grandmother, and my brother isn't, in fact, engaged, so I want it back. If they do really go ahead with this marriage, I'll give up the ring again. My darling husband points out that I have a happy marriage, children, a substantial home, while my brother doesn't have any of that. My darling husband says that I shouldn't even mention the ring again. Just let my brother have it and let it go. I can't stop thinking about, quote, my ring, although I haven't mentioned it to my brother again. Your advice? Ooh. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So your family in general, I think, everyone seems to be making the more complicated choice whenever it's available to them. Yes. And I encourage all of you to try to simplify whenever possible. Like the idea that your mom was said, okay, I'm going to give my daughters the rings, but they are like second string ring owners. You are ring stewards. The right. men of this family have the true and the more ancient claim, the claim of Gondor to these rings. Right, but and the should someday one. the call, yeah, should someday the call come through, you, the ring stewards, must hand the rings <laughs> on to the true ring wielders. I think that that was a little, uh, let's say, thoughtless of your mother. That was an unnecessarily complicated scenario. I tend to be of the opinion that if you give someone a gift, it should not come with a lot of conditions. So, you know, if I could go back in the past, if you had written to me at that point, I would have either advised your mother to just either give the guys the rings or give the girls the rings. And whoever gets it, gets it with no, like, you know, second string options. Right. There can't be these conditional things put on heirlooms. 
people right. or, rooms are already so emotionally charged anyway. Yeah, yeah, to say you can have it, but only until your brother meets someone he wants to marry, and that might happen in five months or five years or 20 years. And yeah, that's just creating a situation where you'll grow more and more attached to it until you have to give it up. And it's so, yeah. farming resentment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, had, it, had I been in your position at that point, I probably would have said, thank you, but um, I... I, I rather not just like hold on to the ring until someone has it like you just give it to him whenever he's ready um that said yeah we're here now right i don't know i think i feel like there's no harm as long as she's made all of her the the letter writer as long as they've made all of their intentions known about the ring and they want it safe and they don't want to lose it because they feel very connected to their grandmother i think time is essentially on their side i mean they can just wait it out see what happens. I don't I don't really feel like there's this pressing clock unless there's one I'm not aware of. Yeah, to me um given that you are still in this position of if and when he ever gets engaged, I'm going to give the ring back. I do not think it's going to make you happy to like pursue your brother to try to persuade him to give you this ring back until he gets engaged either again to her or to somebody else. You will just be prolonging the inevitable. Yeah. I, I would say at this point It's been a weird situation, but just go with the ring is his to use as he wants to. If he makes decisions that I think are dumb, that's his problem. He gets to figure it out. Um, Maybe go find a ring, save up for one that means a lot to you that you get to keep and you know no one else can demand from you. Right. Um, Because I just think whatever his situation is with this woman, it sounds complicated. You're lucky not to be in the middle of it. Um, (laughs) You know, you gave it to him, not on the understanding that he was going to hand it back if they broke up. Like, just at this point, the more ring handoffs you two have back and forth, the more you're both going to grow to resent each other, I think, at this point. Right. Um, I I think, yeah, you're exactly right. I think you've either got to wait it out and see if he comes to the conclusion that he just doesn't want the ring at all and will start over with a family heirloom or just accept that he has the ring and will use it or not in the future. Um I think that's really the only way you can do this without losing your mind. Yeah. And I do understand, like, I get why you kind of can't stop thinking about it and and the other good things in your life don't really take that place because I, I think probably part of what you're frustrated about is that your mom gave you a gift with, like, um, a set of conditions. And now you're thinking about, boy, when I had the ring, I wore it, I enjoyed it, things were pretty straightforward. And now ever since my brother got it, he's been sort of fumbling it. So I get it. You're like, these conditions didn't really do um either of us any good so i get it but again i just think at this point you can just say this was sort of not beautifully handled from the beginning um but i agreed to it i gave it to him trying to get it back and then handing it over again is just a weird thing to do that is more work than necessary and um go save up for a piece of jewelry that you like and you get to keep absolutely and if you ever want to hand stuff down to your kids just pick who you're going to give it to <laughs> just and do it stick to it Right. It's weird to say, this is your ring, this is your grandmother's ring, until a strange woman wants it. Yeah. So I realize, too, we're, we're going to be moving into another exciting, oh, yes. uh, complicated heterosexual oh, wedding this is a good one. dynamic. This um, is a good one. Yeah. You get to read this one, actually. Oh, yes. Okay. Dear Prudence, I'm getting married in a month, and I'm worried that my soon-to-be mother-in-law is trying to upstage my bride at our own wedding. I'm not sure what to do or whether I should even get involved. She means well and has been sweet to me, but her self-centeredness drives her daughters crazy. 
When she and my fiancé talk, she always monopolizes the conversation and never asks about my fiancé's life. When we're in town to visit, she keeps score of the number of times we see her versus my fiancé's father, they're divorced, or my own parents. Two years ago, my fiancé's sis- at my fiancé's sister's wedding, she wanted to be the one walking her down the aisle and threw a fit until she got her way. She has a way of always making things about her. We're fine with the fact that she wants to bring her new boyfriend to our wedding, a man I've only met once or twice. But my bride is beyond irritated that her mother insists on wearing a white gown to the wedding. This strikes me as either a shocking lack of social awareness or a deliberate attempt to court controversy. You can't wear a white dress to someone else's wedding, much less your daughter's, right? My fiancé says she's tired of arguing with her, but I worry that her frustration will boil over and spoil what would otherwise be an amazing day. Is there anything I can do? Woo! Um, yeah, it's deliberate. This is not she doesn't know or she forgot. This is super deliberate. Oh, she absolutely knows. I think she's waiting to see if she'll be challenged about it, to be honest. That's like pushing yeah. it pretty far to say, I'm g- <laughs> the mother of the bride. I'm going to wear white, too. Yeah, I mean, the good news is that if you decide, if you two decide we're just tired and we're not going to deal with it, the person who's going to look like a fool is her. Like yeah. the thing that people will be talking about at the. And again, it's not going to ruin anyone's wedding experience. No one's going to get confused and be like, "Oh my god, are you the real bride?" Is that the bride, <laughs> right? So, right. like, in in terms of like, it's shitty in the sense that it definitely signals. Um, I don't consider this to be your day. Right. I'm going to demand attention and possibly behave unreasonably in other ways. And that's genuinely unpleasant. But like in terms of it's not going to reflect badly on you. People are going to be like, holy shit. Did you see the mother of the bride? She's wearing a white fucking gown. Can you believe it? And um, thinking like, boy, these poor too, <laughs> like having to deal with this woman. Uh, I wish them luck. So, yeah, absolutely. I don't think it reflects bad or poorly on the couple at all. Um, though it is interesting for the, uh, the fiance to wonder if there's anything they can do. Letter writer. Yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of you. I I think that that's meaningful that you want to try to help your, Mm -hmm. um, fiance out, especially because you sort of have noticed that she's like reaching a point where she just feels like whatever, I'm going to let her do whatever she wants because it's just not worth the hassle. Mm -hmm. What would you do if you were the fiance in this situation? I think it's tough because I think parent and child relationships are so complicated and so intricate. You know, you can say from the fiance, it looks so simple from the outside. You know, to us, it's like, oh, yeah, the mom's going to wear a white dress. That's bonkers. We can't let that happen. But on the inside, of course, you know, there's just a whole life of interaction. And so I can understand the fiance saying, Listen, I don't I don't know what to do here, but I, I want to do something. I want to support my person. We're getting married. You know, I, I love her and I want her to feel great. So I think uh, if I were in that situation and I knew that this was going to come to a head regardless, because it sounds like with this woman, maybe it will, um, I would say be open with your bride-to-be and say, listen, I see that this is happening. I see it. I see what you're dealing with. And I want to help you the best I can, but I also don't want to make it worse for you. So how best can I work with you? And I say having that conversation just lets her know that, you know, she's not alone and not just seeing this this issue as something maybe she has to deal with by herself, but also knows that, you know, she doesn't have to worry about you getting out of pocket during the wedding. Yeah, and, and I like the idea... <laughs> Like the idea of like making it clear to your fiance, like whatever you need, I will back you up. Mm -hmm. 
um, but not necessarily pushing for something that she doesn't want to do with her own mom. Right. She um, might feel like there's nothing like, you know, Teflon, you know, it could just yeah. slide right off there. So she might yeah. feel there's no reason. And then, um, but I think it's just that open communication about, well, what do you actually want me to do about this? Because I see it and I want to help you. Yeah. So I, I do think, too, by the way, that that bit about like when we visit, she keeps score of the number of times we see mm. her a- again, checking in with your fiance first. But I think you have grounds to um, lightly push back against that, even if it's only something as simple as we're really glad to be able to see you today. I don't want to keep score of how often oh, we visit people. Absolutely. Like, that's absolutely not something that you um, would need to. That's not like overstepping your boundaries nope. as, as a partner. Like, you no. can absolutely lightly chide her not chide exactly but well, kind she's, of make she's, it clear she's like, ticking off visits to your house to you and and right. sort of making that um your fault i guess or or i don't know just that whole competitive parenting thing i think once you are an adult and you can see outside of your relationship with your parents it's like it goes back to the whole wedding thing it just makes them look worse it doesn't make you look bad Right. It just you can see it more when you grow up. Um, And so I think you have more choices when you can see it more clearly for what it is. You have more choices of how to respond. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think, too, it will be good to encourage your partner at least to consider, hey, outside of wedding stuff, do you want to occasionally like end phone calls early or say like, hey, mom, we've been talking about you for a little while. Can I tell you about something that's going on with me? Let's talk about Um, boundaries here. Yeah, and ask her like kind of like what sort of a relationship she can envision with her mother in the future, and those might be worthwhile conversations. But yeah, absolutely. when it comes to the wedding day itself, like I think there are ways that you can act to try to limit how uh, your mother-in-law's behavior will affect the two of you. But like, yeah, she's probably going to be as hard to deal with on your wedding day as she is on every other day. She will probably do at least one or two things that are irritating and self-centered, and you should prepare for that. Um, don't be surprised. Don't hope that she's going to change. Um, offer, you know, if your fiance feels like she doesn't have the energy, offer to say, like, I'm happy to tell your mom, like, you cannot wear white to our wedding. Here is a list of colors that are appropriate. Right. Let, Let me, me know when you found you. one. Yeah, I'll like, do it. I'm happy to be the to. Yeah. politely bad cop here. Yep. Or if she just says, I just don't care. She can wear whatever she wants. You know, I would encourage her to, like, sit with that one and think about it because, that might be something she wants to push back on, but, um, you know, encourage her to take her time and then follow her lead, whatever she decides there. Yeah, I think I think allowing her to ruminate on it really, really helps. And because I think your automatic response is, oh, no, I don't want to I don't want to uh, rock the boat anymore. She's already making it such a big deal. But there are ways to deal with it um, that maybe she just hasn't considered. And as her partner. Um, you know her and you know her tendencies and you know her skill set and maybe you can show her a pathway outside of the one that she's been, you know, trotting for however old you are. Yeah. And then I think you two should talk about who are you going to assign to your mother-in-law on the day of the wedding? Who do you trust, whether that be maybe one of your parents um, or a close friend or a sibling, somebody who gets it and somebody whose wedding day it isn't, who will have the time to uh, be the sort of first line of defense. And whether that means like, you know, catching your eye, like if you catch their eye when you're trapped in conversation with her and they come in and say like, oh, Mindy, I've been meaning to like introduce you to such and such a person and then just kind of taking her away. Um, somebody who's just going to be there to help take some of that energy off so that the two of you don't feel like we're mom wrangling all day. 
Yeah. Oh, totally. That should be, if not a wedding party job, somebody somebody could do that outside of yeah. Bryden, whomever else the letter writer is. I was talking to a friend of mine recently who'd gotten married a couple years ago, and they were saying that um, their uh, partner had parents who were kind of being especially challenging at the time. And, and again, no set of parents was like so challenging that they wanted to not invite them, but they were um, just being kind of relentless about a, a number of things that were not especially important. And um, my friend said, so what I did with my partner's permission was I kind of asked my parents who can be difficult sometimes on their own, like, hey, my partner's parents are being really tough for us to deal with right now. You guys, by comparison, are just so <laughs> remarkably together. Would you mind, you know, I don't feel like you have to babysit Genius. them, Genius. but do you mind just kind of taking a special interest in them tomorrow and, and, and take, you know, talking to them, asking them questions, because I really think that they will uh, follow your lead and, mm. and, and be sort of um, likely to do what you do. And that had the you know added bonus of making their parents feel like, oh, wow, we're the together parents. Let's live up to that <laughs> exactly. without realizing that they were being handled. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. It was masterful. And I hadn't even realized that that's what my friend had done. I was like, that's truly, slick. truly brilliant. Slick. Yeah, it was very slick. <laughs> So, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Congratulations. I hope it works out. I hope she chooses to wear something else. Seriously. And again, worst case scenario is everyone will think she is being silly. Exactly. Um, No one's going to watch the mother-in-law or the mother of the bride wearing white and think, boy, the bride must have done something really wacky. (laughs) Right. This is nobody's fault but that woman. Yep. That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327. And you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location. And at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening. 